When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. March Madness is here. The Michigan men and women were both selected for the NCAA tournament. We discuss their draws and what to expect from them in the best sporting event in the world. Right here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, it's, uh, it's my favorite time of year. It was uh, canceled last year, taken away from us. You know, this year it's definitely going to be a lot different, but still, still very fun. And I'm, I'm glad it's happening. Yeah. I think we need to appreciate like what we have because last year we, like you said, we didn't get it. And I think times still are tough right now, but we still get tournament basketball. And I think, I think I tweeted this out last week, but last week felt like the, like felt like normal again. Cause you were seeing like midweek, midday college basketball that had some meaning to it. And it, it was, it was nice to see. And it's nice to experience. I'll start appreciating it when tip-off for the first game is actually live. Until then, I'm still being a little bit reserved in, in my expectations here and my excitement. So, But, yes, it is on the horizon, it looks like, and it should be a fun tournament. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But, I mean, it's it's going to happen now how, you know, there will be a forfeit, I would sure I would sure think. I mean, once this thing starts, they say they're not holding it up. So uh, I, I would think, you know, some teams are, are going to advance without actually playing a game. But we'll see. It's, you know, both the, the men and women uh, are in the field for Michigan, as I mentioned. Uh, let, let's start with the men. They are number one seed. This is this is a big deal. I mean, you know, to, to earn one of the top top four seeds overall in the field speaks to you know, their overall resume, their body of work over the full season, because, you know, as we know, recently, Michigan stumbling a little bit from talking to people who study brackets a, a lot more closely than I do. I remember Jerry Palm at CBS, I think it was last year. Yeah, last year, two years ago, might have been also when, yeah, when livers, when livers missed some, miss some games last year. Yeah. You know, I asked about how injuries affect, you know, a team's draw, and he had told me it would never affect whether a team is selected or not, you know, that is determined by what you did in the season, but you can move a seed line based on not having a player there uh, who, who you would expect to be. So I guess it wouldn't have been crazy for Michigan to have otherwise been a one and moved to a two with, with the thought that livers is not playing. And to spell it out, Isaiah livers is not playing in this NCAA tournament. I mean, he, now, maybe that wasn't clear from from his post game comments initially because he did throw in you know things can happen you never know you know but like he he's not he's not going to play and you know he he went on the radio Monday morning and and 
He said it would be it'd be miraculous if he did. So again, he left the door open. Sure, a miracle could happen, but you know this is a stress fracture that has been building over time, and suddenly Michigan's going to be without you know one of its star players at the worst possible time. I, I wondered if the selection committee was going to flip Michigan and Alabama. Now Alabama won their they won the SEC championship. I, I think you know they, they they had their own share of struggles during the season too. But the way the way Michigan struggled on the stretch, you wondered if they were considering it. Obviously, they didn't. Michigan is still a uh, still a one. Uh, I, I do think they deserve it. I mean, given that their season and the way things happened and everything else, they were obviously one of the top teams in the Big Ten, and I think. I think there's no question about the Big Ten was probably the best conference in, in the country. So it, it, absolutely, there's, there's a league to, I think, get two number one seeds. I think the Big Ten would be, would be it. So, yeah, I with regards to Livers, I, I don't know what to make of this Michigan team at this point. We can get into it here in a minute, but I, I don't know how far they're going to go. I don't know. They, they could go all the way to the Final Four. They could surprise us and, and all the like, or they can get bounced in the you know the second or third round. So it's... I'm curious to see the impact he has. And it's it's different this time of the year because it's not like you have a, a schedule of games ahead of you. It is this is a one year one and done. You lose right. your time. So and you don't really know who you're gonna play. So it's there's a lot of lot to throw in here. It's real interesting. I, I feel like since the injuries has been announced, I've seen a lot of written material about how Michigan has the talent to still make a, a deep run without livers. And, and that may be true, but I think if there is one criticism for this Michigan team under Juwan Howard, it, it hasn't really played well when it's been shorthanded, even dating back to last year without Isaiah livers, Eli Brooks this year, it, it just, they look like they're missing a step without when they're not at full strength. So you wonder if, if they have enough to win enough games in the NCAA tournament for a deep run. And, at this point, I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. When you talk about like, okay, who's the most valuable player on this team? It, it's such an interesting debate because it, it's it's not really clear at all. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you could point to almost any of the starters you could you could pick in a way, you know, for, for different reasons. And I think that's what may, has made this team so good. They just, they all fit together so well. And Shondi Brown as, as a six man is great. But then all of a sudden, if he's starting, you know, you lose that, that kind of punch off the bench. So... Yeah. And livers, I mean, if you want to take away all the other things he does, he's still, you know, 40 plus percent three point shooter. And that's just, that's just so valuable, you know, and a guy that is, that has done it. I mean, who else on this Michigan roster has been counted on in NCAA tournament games before? Nobody else. Um, (laughs) They've, they played, I mean, you know, Eli Brooks has, has started, you know, at, Oh no, he didn't. He has not started in NCAA tournament games. He's he's played in NCAA tournament games. So Brandon John, same. Like they they have guys that have that have been out there before. You know, Shawnee Brown and Mike Smith are experienced, but you know, never never on this stage, never with Michigan. So you know, he Livers was was the guy that you know you know you could you could count on. You know, and he won't be there. As far as their draw, uh, again, they're the one seed in you know what we're 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 calling the the East region. They will play the winner of a play-in game between Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. We'll have more on, on that later on, on them live. Um, you know, once that, that opponent is finalized, that'll, that'll be Thursday at five o'clock, uh, five, 10 PM. They'll, they'll tip off on true TV. I don't know. You know, I don't, is that on YouTube TV? Ooh, do I, we get that? I don't <laughs> think we do, but I'm pretty, think, oh, pretty sure there's apps. I mean, there, there's a March right. Madness app where you can get all the games and, you know, typically, if you get TNT, TBS, the Turner Networks, you should get it. But I would, okay. certainly, I would certainly check your stream devices and or cable channels to make sure because yeah, that yeah. is a channel that, that kind of trips people up. 
I'll do it in advance. So I'm not scrambling there at, you know, five o'clock looking for it, but uh, listen, I'm not going to give no disrespect to, to these 16 seeds, but it's, you know, it's only happened once before. So, you know, if Michigan has, has any sort of problem there, then I don't know what to say. So you kind of can look ahead. I mean, Michigan is a team, you know, one wants to say one game at a time, but yeah, that's what we're looking at there with the one sixteen, which will be played at Mackey arena, Purdue's home arena in, in West Lafayette. Um, there's going to be some games that are there and at, you know, Indiana's gym assembly hall in Bloomington before everything moves to the Indianapolis area after that. So that is the thing. Michigan will play three o'clock Saturday in West Lafayette. And then, you know, it's just an hour ride back to Indy. That's where those, their second round game uh, would be. We don't know which, which gym there's four of them, but it'll be, it'll be one of those that'll be announced Saturday night along with the tip time, which would be against either LSU or St. Bonaventure. I don't know these eight nine games. They're 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 toss ups and they're teams that are. I mean, look at some of these other ones. Oklahoma's an eight. Loyola Chicago is somehow an eight. I mean, they are they are ten in the net rankings uh, and they're they're an eight seed. Georgia Tech ACC champs uh, a nine. North Carolina Wisconsin like these are teams that flash potential during the season have some really good wins. Well, Wisconsin doesn't not so much, but still you know a very veteran team like but they're just inconsistent or they just didn't get it done. So are they capable of beating, you know, a one seed? Yes, but they're in that spot for a a reason. So that's kind of how I look at LSU and St. Bonaventure, you know, for Michigan's possible second round opponent. I I will say I watched the SEC championship game the other day, LSU and Alabama, and I thought it was one of the best played college basketball games of the year. I think it rivaled, it really did rival the Michigan-Ohio State game the first time around. Mm -hmm. I was just back and forth, a lot of one-on-one, just a lot of, it, it, few whistles. So I think it was very entertaining to watch. I thought it was a very good game. LSU, I thought matched Alabama pretty much in every possession. To me, you know, in in filling out my bracket today, um, I thought you know LSU was it could could be my sleeper. You know, I only have them going to the Elite Eight. I don't have them going any further. Um, so I, I do have them being Michigan. Whoa, I, but I, I think <laughs> I think they're a team to pay attention to. I really do. Yeah, I have Alabama in my Final Four. I have, I have them beating LSU in the Elite Eight. So I I do think they're a team to be reckoned with. Uh, they're younger, and I think they're a little less disciplined. But look out; they can score points. Uh, I think they're they're a they're, they're a bad. I mean, I think they match up with Michigan well. So I'm just saying, keep an eye on LSU. You are not alone in in having some fears about. Uh, well, you not maybe not fears, but I know Michigan fans have are, are, are a little fearful of LSU. And yeah, that offense is. I mean, it's fifth fifth in the country uh, on on KenPalm.com. They got some big time scores on that team. They're a lot better than an eight seed. Let's put it that way. I've watched a lot of college basketball the last few months. Like I said, I thought the game Saturday is one of the best college games I've watched. They're they're better than an eight seed. I think. It's one of those. This is one of those weird games where it's like there's there's all that fear about like playing LCM. I think St. Bonaventure is going to win that first game. So. They, the Bonnies were impressive. I watched a lot of the <laughs> the Atlanta 10, 10 tournament, and man, they, they can they can play. They can ball. They can. They can. Now you know. Then then if they if they were to move on, uh, you know, then it, it starts. You know, the opponent really becomes speculative because uh, you know it just increases. Uh, you got four potential opponents, but Florida State, UNC Greensboro is the four thirteen game, and Colorado Georgetown is the five twelve. I don't know. Again, you know, Florida State, very very talented team. Everyone wants to talk about positionless basketball. They kind of really do it. They've got a center, but then the rest of the guys are just like. They're just players, you know. Scotty Barnes, potential NBA lottery pick, as as a you know, he's a freshman this year. He's six eight, six nine, but he he handles the ball for them at at times. So, um, yeah, they're they're very very talented. You know, Colorado out of the Pac twelve, still 
learning a little bit more about them. Didn't watch too much Pac-12 basketball. You know, this year they lost, uh, you know, lost in their in their conference tournament championship game. And then Georgetown, I mean, just was not in the field in <laughs> any discussions for potentially being in this thing. They hadn't won more than two games in a row um, all season. And they go and rip off, you know, three in a row in the, in the Big East tournament, you know, including a just absolute blowout of UConn in the, in the championship game. So yeah, that, that's how Patrick Ewing is uh, in, uh, in the NCAA tournament. Sorry, four in a row. They won in the big, big East tournament after not winning two in a row. So yeah, I mean, that that's possibilities there at the top half of the bracket. And then you go down Alabama, as Aaron mentioned is the two and Texas is a three. That's, that's the team that would worry me the most in that region is, is Texas. I, if I had, I haven't filled out my bracket yet, but I'm, I'm definitely considering taking Texas to, to come out of that region for sure. It's a toss up for me. I, I really am. I mean, I've got LSU and Alabama in the elite eight, but I've got Georgetown winning a couple of games. I've got Texas, you know, meeting Alabama, in the sweet 16. I, I think that Texas Alabama matchup could be fascinating. Um, but in terms of, you know, uh, potential bevy of opponents from Michigan, you really don't know. I, I think that right. the, the Colorado Georgetown matchup is intriguing. Florida state will probably win the first round game after that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I like Scotty Barnes a lot. They're a talented team, um, but they're really inconsistent. They'll play well one week, one game, and then they'll play like crap the next and they don't rebound and, and can't shoot. So <laughs> it, it could, it could, it could be anybody. It really could, especially if Michigan wins this, these first two games. And, and in that regard, the pathway could open up for them a little bit. But again, I, I don't know. It's a turn. It's so tough to tell with these things because it's a tournament style. So it's like you got to win and you got to play well. And if you don't, you could lose to anybody. So it's it's fascinating. It, yeah, I mean, you remember the last time Michigan went to the to the Final Four in 2018? They were a three seed. Okay, they played their 14 to start, then they play the six, and everyone was thinking about that rematch. It, was, it would have been a regular season rematch with with North Carolina, the two in the Sweet 16. Well, Texas A&M beats them. Michigan ends up playing then a seven. Then they play a nine Florida state to get to the final four. And then it only got easier. They play it on 11 Loyola <laughs> Chicago before getting to the championship. So it was like, you just don't know. I mean, that was, that was historically, you know, a fortunate um, pathway, but you know, still, you, you just really don't know. But I, but I agree, Texas and Alabama, those are teams that they're right there with Michigan, especially a Michigan team without, without livers. I mean, those would be both, you know, very tough matchups, but that's, I mean, that's, that's what you're dealing with, you know, at this time of year, um, you know, pretty much after your, your first game based on your seed, you're looking at, you know, good, good teams. So yeah, that's, it should be, it should be interesting. I mean, the, the other one seeds, we got Gonzaga, Baylor and, and Illinois. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's good, strong possibility. We record another podcast later in this week where we throw out some, some more concrete predictions potentially, but, but I don't know if there's anything you guys want to say about the bracket at large before we move on to, to the Michigan women. I mean, I filled it out today. I'm not going to go over every pick or whatever, mm. but I, I do think it's pretty probably Gonzaga, Baylor in the field. Um, I'm hesitant to putting maybe Illinois in there too. I do think Illinois is playing very good. And I, I think they ended up being probably the best team in the big 10, but it's a, it's a fascinating field. You got some talented teams. You got some young teams that, that are good and, and you're curious to see how they handle the tournament environment. But I'm just glad college basketball is back. I'm glad we got a tournament again. Uh, it's gonna, it should be fun to watch. Uh, I'm excited for the weekend. Yeah, I watched more college basketball this year than I ever have in my life, but yet I still feel more torn on on who I'm going to – I haven't dived in too closely yet, but it's still – it's just like I, I want to take chalk, but like it, with just the – 
the season it was, I, I, I want to take some upsets too. And I just, I'm, I'm really torn and I, I don't really love any team at this point. So it'll be, we might have to record another podcast later this week. Cause I just don't know at this point. <laughs> yeah. Pro tip watching more college basketball does not help you fill out the bracket. No, it, does it, it only makes it harder <laughs> and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't increase your, your success by, by any means, but uh, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Aaron, I, I was asking a couple of people this before the bracket even came out, you know, but it's still relevant. I'll give you Gonzaga and Baylor or the field, you know, every other team who, who you're taking, and uh, you know, it's it kind of seemed to be a better toss up for which way people leaned. It seems like, yeah, I'd yeah. always take the field. Gonzaga. That's the thing though. Gonzaga is battle tested this year. If you look at their non-conference schedule, they played some good teams. Now they obviously played the West Coast Conference. We, I think, we mentioned this in, in the previous podcast. So yeah, like the teams con- they played are all in their region too. I mean, this was another thing. The committee goes yeah. and puts all these good teams that they already smacked right there in their in their region with them to to kind of seemingly maybe even make the path easy, easier for them. But yeah, right. And and I think as long as they stay healthy, I, I think their pathway to the Final Four is, is there. I think they could probably get the championship game. Other than that. I don't know. I mean, I could see Baylor yeah. losing. I could. It, I could see Alabama getting there. It's. It's. I could see Michigan making a run. It's going to be. Should be. Yeah. I just. I just. It's always like when these some of these pot little pods uh, feature two teams that I liked. I mean, Loyola and and Georgia Tech were two sleepers that I had. Of course, they're playing each other in an eight nine game. Texas Tech and Arkansas. Uh, I thought those two teams were undervalued. They'd potentially meet right away as a six three in the second round. It's like sometimes it's just. Uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't work out so well, but um, I, and I've got a big first round upset lock. I'll save it for if we record a later. Uh, oh, oh, but I saw nice the teams. matchup. I heard the matchup, and I'm like, "There's my upset right there." I'll uh, save it. Uh, okay, be, last thing before we move on to the women's bracket: uh, eight, uh, sorry, nine Big Ten teams made the field. So you know, just again, what we've been saying about the Big Ten all season kind of bore out here with the bracket, including you know four teams on the top two seed lines. Mentioned Michigan and Illinois as ones. Uh, Iowa and Ohio state as twos. I mean, that, that's the other thing with Michigan's, you know, stumbling quote unquote down the stretch here. Yes. There was the Michigan state loss, but when that was one where like nothing was on the line, uh, then they've got, you know, to Illinois and Ohio state, like fellow, you know, one in the two seed. So don't forget yeah. about number four seed Purdue though. That's I, I'm going to double down on my, on my big 10 tournament pick and, and have Purdue make a little bit of a run. I, I like Purdue playing close to close to home. Look out! For, yeah, look out for them. Yeah, certainly a nice draw. You know, against a very banged up uh, Villanova team potentially in round two. Yeah, Mar- uh, Wisconsin, as I mentioned, got a nine. Maryland and Rutgers get tens, and Michigan State, uh, one of the last teams in, playing game against UCLA. So, yeah, that's where things stand with with the men's field. The women. They were selected as well on Selection Monday, get their highest seed in program history, a sixth seed. Yeah, Ryan, tell us a little bit about, about their draw. Yeah, it is the, the highest highest seeding in, in their program history. They were a number seven seed a couple of years ago, were a number eight seed a couple of times. But, I mean, you, their, their draw is pretty interesting. They, they drew number 11 seed Florida Gulf Coast, a team that is 26-2. and two. Uh, they've won 25 straight, and they love to shoot the three ball. They have shot 1,001 threes this year, which is 205 more than any other team in the country. I mean, there's there, talk about. I mean, they, they sh- they've shot 1,000 and what? What was the number? 1,001 three pointers. 1,001, and how many games? What, in what was their record again? 26 and two. 26 and two in 28 games. That's that's 30. 
35 30. threes a game. <laughs> so you're saying on the mark three point watch. It's a yeah. lot. That is a lot. You know, when you really break it down like that, that's a lot. Yeah. So and and Michigan has struggled defending defending the three point line this year, especially in recent games. I mean, Iowa put up 16 points in uh, in a recent game against them. Uh, Maryland was seven of ten from beyond the arc in, in a recent game. So Michigan needs to to figure things out and, and kind of get back on track. They lost four of six down the stretch. Um, stored a season low 49 points in their Big Ten quarterfinal loss to Northwestern. But I mean, Kim Barnes Arica last night in in the Zoom conference with reporters said that the little bit of a, a week break kind of helped them. They got back on, on the courts, got had a few good practices. So. I mean, I, this team started off really hot this year. They were 10-0, and 0, scoring over 75 points per game for, for the first uh, part of the season and then kind of hit a few pa- COVID pauses and just really haven't regained their, their outside shooting. I mean, Nas Hillman has still been a force inside, um, but when they're not able to, to get the ball to her down low and uh, they, they've struggled to hit, hit shots. So it, it, will be, it will be a very interesting matchup. I mean, with, with Michigan loving to get in the post to Nas, and Florida Gulf Coast literally just basically playing with five guards out there trying to drain threes all game. So we'll see. The missions never made it uh, to the Sweet 16, so they, w- they would need to win two games in, in order to do so. If they do get by Florida Gulf Coast, they would face the winner of uh, number three seed Tennessee and number 14 Middle Tennessee. So we'll, uh, we'll see. This is what we talked about on on previous podcast was, yes, Michigan never getting to that second weekend and partly because their seating was never really uh, conducive to doing so, you know, as, as a seven, eight, nine, ten, like they were always playing an elite team in the second second game when they did win their first at the time, I think we were missing. We were all, we were thinking maybe would be more three, four, five, and they fall to a six with kind of late season slide. So they will be, I guess, an underdog in that in that second game potentially. But still, like that's not that's not crazy to expect, you know, a win there. So yeah, the opportunity is on the table. Uh, man, I'm just thinking about that their preparation for for this first game. I mean, if you're on the, I don't know if they're using practice players this year, but whatever they're, the the scout team, uh, that would be that'd be a fun one to be on the scout team for for because you know that. It's just, hey, if you have any crack, let that thing fly because that's what the uh, Florida Gulf Coast is going to do. Barnes Rico did say she's going to bring out uh, the practice plans on the, when they faced off uh, in the the WNIT. I think in the 2015-16 season, I think in the semifinals of the WNIT, uh, that game was at Florida Gulf Coast in, in beautiful Fort Myers, Florida. The Michigan did not win that game, but obviously different players on, on both teams, but but the same coaches. So the the philosophy and the system still the same. So uh, kind of diving into some old practice plans here for, over the next couple of days for Michigan, and that game is at Sunday at three p.m. too, just to, to mark on your calendars. Saturday at three p.m. for the men, Sunday at three p.m. for the women. Yeah, I guess the, the Florida Gulf Coast. I remember they were Dunk City on the men's side a few years ago. I guess now they're yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> trifecta city yeah all right yeah very very interesting yeah to kind of chart their their path forward yeah any thoughts on their just region as a whole or or kind of again like you said it's it's let's see if they can you know win a game or two yeah i mean they do have to win a couple games um but uh, they do have yukon is the number one seed in uh in the region who i mean it isn't the top overall seed but i i think it's still the the best team in the country tennessee the the number three seed they're only 16 and 7 but the, the SEC is is just a, a dynamic conference with, with some of the teams that Tennessee played throughout the year. So 
kind of hard to tough to gauge there. But yeah, despite having seven losses, I definitely think Tennessee earned uh, earned a number three seed just based off of, off of the competition they played this season. But yeah, getting getting past Florida Gulf Coast will be a, a challenge in itself. So we'll have coverage uh, on Sunday at uh, MLive.com. I looked it up. They they shoot a lot of those three, like you said. They 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 make them at about a thirty three percent clip. So do you average. Do, yeah. So do, right, you, yeah. do you play a zone and let them shoot it, or do you run them off the three point line? You know, that's the question. That like, how, how do you want to? How do you play that? You know, they they do have uh, their top player is uh, is actually a transfer from Ohio State, uh, who's a six foot one guard who can who literally is kind of like positionless on, on the court. So I mean, she can she can jump or make the threes, but also can uh, can be a force inside. And Kirsten Bell. So she was uh, on the all Big Ten freshman team uh, last year at Ohio State and transferred to, to Florida Gulf Coast. So they'll have the game plan for her, um, that's for sure, because she's by far their their best player. Some familiarity there, I guess. All right. So, yeah, we've got uh, March Madness is here. Stay tuned for more coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.